Hey, hey, good morning, everyone. Hope everybody is doing fantastic. Feel free to introduce yourself in the comments. I'm just getting set up over here. And let me know if you can see me and hear me okay. And as usual, don't be shy. Introduce yourself in the comments. Definitely looking forward to interacting with all of you who are tuning in today. Whether you're a job, you're actively job seeking or you're passively job seeking. Every week, Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern Time Zone, I go live on my on my live stream on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. So shout out to everyone tuning in on all those platforms. And uh, whatever your your job search questions are, feel free to put it in the comments as well. Today's topic is what do recruiters look for in resumes and LinkedIn profiles, right? So I'm just going to go over a couple of basic tips in regards to that. I'm not sure if the notification even went out. So let me just quickly check on that. And you folks do me a favor. Let me know in the comments if you can see me and hear me okay. Uh, and we'll get this session started right at 11 o'clock. Yeah, it looks like I am live. Okay, all right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, uh, so I guess we have a bit of a shy crowd in here today. Oh, no, we got one comment here. We got Vijay all the way from India. Good to see you here, Vijay. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, keep the comments coming, folks. Introduce yourself. Folks, the number one challenge you will face in your job search is lack of visibility. Nobody knows you exist. Nobody knows who you are. All right. Now, I'm not saying that some hiring manager is going to see your, uh, uh, you know, see your profile based on the comments. But it's a great starting point. It's a great way for you, you folks to be more visible, right? So take advantage of this. Introduce yourself in the comments. And uh, let me know your thoughts on today's topic. What do you think recruiters are looking for when they look over your resume as well as your LinkedIn profile? I'd love to hear from you because that's the topic I'm going to be covering today. We got a few more comments here. We got Shriya. Uh, Shriya, Raheja, uh, Shriya says, hi, I'm Shriya. I've attended your webinars before. I'm looking for a co-op opportunity in project management. Awesome. Sounds good, Shriya. You, uh, let it, make sure, folks, you let us know what city you're in as well, all right? So, Shriya, I'm not sure which which uh, city you're in, but thanks so much for tuning in. Great to have you here. And uh, Nicole says, what do you think about Swift and Swift UI? Nikhil, you gotta ask. Uh, you gotta ask. Uh, you know, an iOS developer about that. I'm not. A, I'm not a developer myself. Uh, my, so my. So for those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Dean Kulavira. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, my background is in in IT recruitment. So I've been in the recruitment staffing industry for about eight plus years. And uh, every week when I do my live stream, I talk about job search tips and and strategies and and tactics based on my eight, eight plus years in the staffing industry, right? So that's what I bring to the table, uh, Nicole. So I'm not the guy to ask about Swift and Swift UI, all right? But I'm sure maybe some of the viewers might be able to help you out with that. So, you know, you folks should be networking with each other, right? All right, so let this, let's get this party started, right? So today's topic, today's topic is uh, recruiters. What are recruiters looking for when they're reviewing your, your resume as well as your LinkedIn profile? Now, before I get into today's topic, just a quick announcement. So I'm going to be, for those of you in Toronto, I'm going to be speaking at the TO Tech uh, Virtual Career Fair, which is happening today. Uh, so the career fair is between 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. And I'm sharing the stage with these other amazing, fantastic speakers. Shout out to TO Tech. It's a fantastic career fair. I've spoken there a couple of times. I think this is like my fifth or sixth time speaking. It's a great event, great networking opportunity. Uh, always a lot of great speakers that, that everyone can learn a lot from. So it's taking place today between 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, if you want to register, you can check out their website. I believe it's teotechcareerfair.com or, or look, just look, look, look them up on LinkedIn, on, on LinkedIn company pages. And uh, they should have more registration information regarding that. Now, if you want to tune into my session, my session is going to be very specific. 
and I'm going to be speaking about seven ways to kickstart your your 2021 job search. Now, for those of you who tune into my live session in the new year, it's I'm, I'm covering the same topic, so it might be a kind of a repeat for those of you who already uh, tune into that live stream. But for the rest of you who missed it out, it might be a great opportunity for you to take a look at uh, you know my seven tips for kickstarting your job search for 2021. So my my session is going to be at 2:40 p.m. Eastern time zone, right? So it's not for the entire two hours. Uh, my session is specifically at 2:40 p.m. Eastern time zone. So if you are registered, if you are attending, hey, I hope to see you see you there, and and happy to share those tips with with all of you folks. All right, so make sure you check it out. A few more uh, shout outs here. So Sonali says. Skills, education, job roles, and responsibilities are the primary things that we look in uh, resume and LinkedIn profile. So yeah, absolutely, Sonali, right? So I guess, Sonali, you're a recruiter. So Sonali saying, hey, recruiters are looking for skills, education, job roles, and responsibilities as the main thing when reviewing resume and LinkedIn profile. So definitely agree with you that uh, agree with you on that, Sonali, and thanks so much for tuning in. All right, so I'm going to share my, my tips, and this is based on my experience as a recruiter myself, folks, all right? And feel free to keep the comments coming. Uh, feel free to keep sharing your questions, whether it's about today's topic or any job search related questions that you have. I'm happy to answer your questions and uh, put in the comments. And I will also share a link for, for, for you folks to tune in live as a live caller and ask me your questions as well. All right. So so stay tuned for that. I'm going to share uh, I'm going to share that link uh, shortly. Uh, so Vladimir actually share. So Vladimir, uh, shout out to Vladimir. Uh, Vladimir says, hi, Dean, everyone. Here's the link for TO Tech. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that, Vladimir. So it's actually, uh, yeah, so I guess I was right. It's www.totechcareerfair.com. So uh, yeah, folks, uh, Vladimir was, Vladimir was, uh, sorry, I'm, 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 apologies, my friend. I pronounced your name incorrectly. It's Vladimir. So Vladimir uh, shared the link in the comments. So feel free to check that out. Thanks so much for sharing that, uh, that link, Vladimir. Appreciate that. Uh, if you want to register, uh, make sure you check that out, folks. All right. Okay, so today's topic, getting right into it. So I'm going to share with you four, four broad areas that recruiters are going to be looking for when they're reviewing your your resume, as well as your LinkedIn profile. All right, so this is very important. This is definitely a session you want to take notes on. And after I finish the the four areas I want to cover, uh, I'm going to open it up for the Q and A, and and you folks can uh, can either call in live and ask me your questions, or you can uh, put in your questions in the comments. Right. Uh, I do encourage you to call in live. I'd love to interact with all of you folks, uh, you know, because it's different, right? Versus just reading your your comments, uh, uh, sorry, your questions from the comments. All right, so tip number one, what the recruiter is going to be looking for on your resume is definitely number one is skill set fit, right? Recruiters are going to be looking for skill set fit, uh, cultural fit, personality fit. Are they going to fit into the team? Like that stuff is usually stuff that's handled by the, by the hiring team itself, like the hiring manager themselves or the department or the team. The recruiter is basically, the, the, the recruiter's primary task, folks, is to understand what skills are required for the position and then go out into the marketplace, right, and, and look for the people who have these specific skills. So tip number one is they're going to be looking primarily for skills and skill set fit, all right? Now, the reason why this is so important, and it's no coincidence that I put this as, as uh, you know, item number one, is if your resume and if your LinkedIn profile is not skill set rich, right? It, it's not mentioning these specific skills and skill sets that you have that are required for the positions that you're applying for. Recruiters are not going to be able to find you, right? Because keep in mind, recruiters are not simply posting jobs and just, you know, waiting for applications to come in. Most recruiters, especially staffing agency recruiters, they're going to be using proactive methods of trying to find you, right? So when I say proactive methods, they're going to be going on LinkedIn. They're going to be going on their ATS. They're going to be searching for you on those online resume boards. 
and uh, or, or even uh, you know on the job boards as well and they're going to be putting in keyword they're going to be uh, conducting key what's called keyword searches right now these keyword searches are primarily revolve around skills and skill sets all right so for example let's say i'm i'm a recruiter i'm looking for a uh, let's say a java developer who has worked on software projects in the retail industry let's say that's the skill set combination or the kind of the kind of the profile i'm looking for so when i'm conducting my search whether that's on linkedin on 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 the ats on the job boards such as indeed monster etc etc i'm going to be looking for probably you know those key skill sets right i'm going to be looking for java developer i'm going to i'm going to be looking for uh, uh you know so, let's say you know i know what kind of you know other technologies i'm looking for maybe there's a there's a front end component right maybe i'm also looking for angular so i might put java developer that's one skill set uh i'm i i might be putting angular as another skill and then i'm going to be putting retail right that's not really a skill but it's still a, a major keyword that that's going to be included in the search now if those keywords and if those skills and that's a very brief example i'm i'm providing you here with folks but if if those skills and those keywords are not mentioned in your resume as well as your profile your linkedin profile either the recruiter is not going to find your resume or your or your linkedin profile or your your linkedin profile is not going to capture their attention so skills and skill sets you got to take inventory okay uh what skills do i have right and if you're an it professional you got to list out all those technical skills folks all right technical skills very important for you to list out and ensure that these things are are listed on your resume and and, and at least highlighted uh for the projects that you've listed out on your resume because otherwise uh, it's not going to grab the attention of the recruiter if they're looking over your resume recruiters are going to be keeping an eye out on skill sets skills and skill sets for for those of you in tech it uh technical skills and technical uh you know key, uh, th- all those keywords associated with technical skills you got to make sure that that's what's included on your resume as well as on your linkedin profile as well all right so that's tip number 1 always remember recruiters are looking for skills and skill sets so you got to make sure that these are highlighted and emphasized and listed in detail on your resume now one more thing i wanted to mention about this is most of you are doing a great job of this on your resume all right your resume is detailed it's got your skills listed out and all that stuff which is great now many of you however are lacking in this area on your linkedin profiles right so this is where you're not able to take full advantage of linkedin a lot of you have simply created what's what, what i like to call an empty profile right you got your name you got your title you've listed your your previous co- or recent or previous companies you got the company name you got the title you got the date and that's it guess what folks they're not going to be able to find your profile because they're going to be conducting keyword uh th- their keyword searches are going to be revolved around revolving around skills and if you're not listing your skills out and describing each position what you did your profile is not going to show up on the top of the search results right definitely not on the first page of the search results so as much detail as you're putting on putting on your resume you got to make sure you put as much effort and detail into your linkedin profile as well and i'm talking about each of your positions right your current position your previous pre- previous position a lot of you folks are leaving the description area empty or blank you're not filling anything out so when you fill that out you mention in detail your skills your you know your, the technical in, uh, details uh, in terms of the projects you've been a part of technical environment maybe software you've used uh whatever like you got to put in as much effort and as much detail into your linkedin profile as well folks because recruiters are going to be look they're going to be looking for skills they're going to be doing their keyword searches they're going to be including specific skills when they're conducting those searches right now one more th- i know i said one more thing already but another thing i wanted to emphasize is recruiters are not going to be looking for soft skills right so if you put yourself as you know you know diligent uh, i don't know courageous and all that stuff 
that's not what recruiters are going to be, uh, you know, mentioning or, or, or uh, you know, really looking for. So you got to make sure that that you're you're mentioning the, the the hard skills, right? Technical skills for those of you who are non-IT, whatever whatever skills associated with your profession, right? So for example, maybe you're a non-technical person, maybe you're a project manager. So some skills associated with project management would be project management. Uh, what else? Stakeholder management, change management. Uh, you know, and, and other skills like that related to your profession. So you don't have to be necessarily IT or tech in order to uh, do this. Whatever your field is, folks, you gotta you gotta make sure that the skills associated with your field and with your profession are included in your LinkedIn profile. This is a huge thing, very important. All right, all right. So moving on to number two. Number two is recruiters are going to be looking for relevant details on projects. All right. Now, if you have applied for a specific a specific position, now I'm talking about your resume right now. If you if you're applying for a specific position, you know, having read the job description, there's a certain emphasis on certain types of projects. You have to make sure, folks, that you highlight and emphasize and customize your resume to highlight those relevant projects. Recruiters are going to be looking for relevance, right? So skills are going to get their attention, right? Okay, they got this person's got the skills. Okay, I, I should probably read their resume in a bit more detail. Now, the next thing is. Is there relevant information on your resume? Because if it's not relevant, folks, you're not going to keep their attention. It's one thing to keep the recruiter's attention. Uh, sorry. It's one thing to get the recruiter's attention. It's another thing. Number Task number two is keeping the attention. And how do you keep the attention? By listing relevant projects on your resume. All right. So I know this is tedious. Like you got to, you know, it's kind of tedious. You got to kind of customize your resume when you apply for these positions. But if it's not relevant, you're not going to keep the attention, right? So quick example, let's say, again, it's uh, you're applying for a position. They're looking for someone who has experience with, uh, I don't know, e-commerce projects, all right? E-commerce projects. Now, you definitely, you, now, obviously, you might want to list out all of your projects on your resume, but you want to put especially, especially you want to highlight any of your e-commerce uh, projects experience. That's what you want to highlight on your resume because... That's the most relevant piece of information you want the recruiter to to uh, uh, internalize when they're when they're reviewing your resume, right? So relevance, folks. Number two is relevance, right? You got to put details in for relevant projects. If it's not relevant, it's not gonna keep their attention. They're gonna either move on to the next position or they're just gonna quickly skim your resume. And they're gonna look for for people with more relevant experience. So. Your task, you got to review the job description. You got to take note of, you know, what what patterns you see here. Like, is are, does it look like they're looking for some specific type of experience? Maybe it's specific industry experience. Maybe it's specific to certain technologies. Maybe it's specific to certain types of methodologies. Maybe it's specific to certain types of uh, tools, whatever it is. Like, you got to, folks, you got to analyze the job description and then make sure you highlight those relevant things on your resume. All right. So this is where a one size fits all resume is not going to be effective when you're applying to a specific position. So always aim for relevance, folks. Highlight the relevant projects on your resume so that that's going to keep the attention of the recruiter so that, you know, the first thing is they're like, OK, yeah, this person's got the right skills. OK, great. Now, the next thing is, all right, they've got the relevant experience as well. Now, so now you're they're They're really leaning in. They're more interested in actually picking up the phone and giving you a phone call. All right. Uh, so we got to, we got, I'm just going to go so, through some quick comments here. So Sanjana says, hi, hi Sanjana. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Kruno says, you're right. It's very easy to add skills on the profile, but still we miss it. Thanks for reminding. Hey, no worries, Kruno. And you know what, folks, don't feel bad if you're missing this. Everyone makes this mistake, like on your LinkedIn profile, right? Because we're so used to doing things real quick and, you know, getting things done easily, right? But the best time to make, to make a change folks is right now. Right? So after this session, if you haven't done so already, 
take the time to go over your LinkedIn profile. Make sure it's nice and detailed and it lists those key skills and relevant projects as well, all right? Uh, so Shreya says, since I'm in project management student, I only have Microsoft project as a software. Does that affect my job search considering I'm, I'm a, still a student looking for internship? So Shreya, not necessarily, right? So obviously you're a new graduate, you're starting out your career, uh, but I'm sure you use other software as well, right? Like I understand you're using Microsoft project, but there's other important, uh, software utilized by project management for project management positions as, as well. Right. So maybe Microsoft Excel, maybe Microsoft word. So you gotta like, don't underestimate the importance of these various software and tools that you have used uh, Shreya as a student, right? Don't, don't just write it off. Like you still should mention that on your resume, right? And same thing with your, uh, you know, your, 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 uh, you know, relevant academic projects as well. Uh, so next thing, and yeah, so thanks, thanks Shreya and hope that helps. And Sonali says skills should be given with expertise level in resume. Yeah, absolutely. Sonali, it's very important to list the skills on the resume. Definitely, definitely uh, very, very important. All right, uh, we got a question here. Ali says, how do we write relevant projects on a resume? So good question, Ali, right? So this, this basically comes down to what does the job description dictate in terms of what they wanna see in the ideal candidate? That's the first task, you gotta analyze the job description or if you have a point of contact, which is a, maybe a staffing agency or maybe it's a direct contact with the company, you should ask them, hey, uh, what are you looking for in an ideal candidate for the position? Like what, 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 what are the, the, the key aspects for this role? And that'll allow you, Ali, to, to determine what aspects of your background you want to highlight and, and what relevant projects you want to mention on your resume. Now, this is especially important for those of you folks who are at a senior level, right? Like you've got 10 plus years experience, eight plus years of experience. You, you might have like hundreds of projects uh, under your belt. Understanding the relevance of what they're looking for in an, in an ideal candidate will allow you to select which projects you want to specifically mention on your resume in a bit more detail, right? So that's how you would go about doing that, Ali. Great question. Hope that helps. So uh, I see some other questions here, folks. I'm going to get to your questions, uh, questions soon. Uh, I just have two more points I wanted to cover, and then we're going to get into the Q&A part, all right? So uh, tip number three, extremely, extremely important, right? And this is something that not only, not only recruiters, but hiring managers do as well. And unfortunately, I have seen, folks, okay, pay, pay good attention to this. I have seen organizations pass on candidates for violating what I'm about to speak about, all right? For violating this, this very important tip, which is tip number three, which is congruency and consistency between resume and LinkedIn profile. Okay, I'm gonna repeat this again. It's very important, folks. Pay good attention to what I'm saying, all right? So con congruency, right? Consistency between resume and LinkedIn profile. This means congruency in dates you were worked at, you, you were working, congruency in the companies that, that you've listed, uh, congruency in uh, what you did, the actual role itself. If there is a disconnect, if there's a discrepancy between what you mentioned on your resume, as well as on your LinkedIn profile, you will get dismissed, folks. Dismissed as in you, your, 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 your candidacy, candidacy is going to be overlooked, okay? And I'm speaking from personal experience. As a recruiter, when I have presented, uh, you know, when I have a conversation with candidates and sometimes I've presented candidates, and for whatever reason, I might have missed out looking for that congruency between the, the resume and the LinkedIn profile. But my client, the hiring manager has, and they see a discrepancy in terms of there's different dates listed on the resume versus on the LinkedIn profile. They're like, hey, Dean, we're going to pass on this candidate. Uh, they've got totally different dates on their resume versus their LinkedIn profile. So I don't want that to happen to you folks. Now, now why you would have different dates on your resume or your LinkedIn profile? I don't know, right? 
But my point here is, folks, you got to make sure that it is 100% congruent and consistent, right? The the dates that you worked at a specific company on your resume got to be the same on LinkedIn. Because recruiters and, and, and hiring managers, they're going to be comparing the two. First thing they do after they review your resume is probably look you up on LinkedIn, right? And first thing they do after they, you know, communicate with you on LinkedIn is maybe ask for your resume and then look over your resume. If there's a lack of consistency between these two, uh, you know, uh, documents, there's going to be a problem. They're going to they're gonna overlook you. They're going to want to pass you. All right. So company names, titles, uh, you know, time frame worked uh, at the companies. These need to be consistent. Okay. It has to be consistent, folks. Make sure you do that. I know it's a, such a simple thing, but I have seen great people get passed on simply for making this mistake. Now, why the dates were different and stuff like that, I'm not sure. Like maybe, like you know what? For the most part, folks, it could simply be that you just didn't remember what month in you know what month of the year you were working at this company. So you got to make sure, folks, that you are whatever the case is. You know whatever your reasoning is, you got to make sure the dates, the company, the position, and all that stuff is 100% in alignment uh, as uh, you know uh, on your resume as well as on your LinkedIn profile. So you got to make sure you do that, folks. All right. So tip number three, very very important. You got to make sure uh, recruiters. And hiring managers, especially recruiters, they're going to be looking for congruency. Is this person's LinkedIn uh, profile consistent with what I see on the resume? And vice versa, is this person's, you know, is the stuff mentioned on the resume consistent with what's mentioned on the LinkedIn profile? If there is a discrepancy, the recruiter doesn't want to look bad, right? Presenting presenting such a person's profile to the hiring team. And, and they're going to, they're gonna, you know, uh, not, not move ahead with you or give you some excuse or, or say something like that. And if it's a hiring manager, they're definitely not going to move ahead with you if, if they happen to check both of those uh, sources. So make sure you do that, folks. Definitely something recruiters are going to be looking for is congruency between LinkedIn profile and resume. If you haven't done that already, take the time to make sure, you know, if you have to, if you're if you're able to do it side by side, your your LinkedIn profile and your resume and make sure that they are they are consistent and congruent. Extremely important, folks. All right. All right. So going on to tip number four. Uh, tip number four in terms of something that that recruiters really look for is ease of and this is going to sound so simple but it's so such a point of frustration for so many recruiters which you can take advantage of and that is contact information make it as easy as possible folks for for recruiters to be able to pick up the phone or, or send you an email and, and get in touch with you i would recommend Pick up the phone. The phone is the quickest way, especially if a recruiter is a, a very, very interested in getting in communication with you. Uh, you got their attention from your skills listed on the resume. They see the relevant projects. The next thing is you want to minimize. You want to minimize the amount of time it takes for the recruiter to get from point A to point B. And point A to point B is to get in communication with you, right? They're, they're looking at your resume, your LinkedIn profile here. You want to get them here as soon as possible uh, where you're able to communicate with them. So I know some of you have some reservations about putting your phone number on your resume and stuff like that. And I understand that. But I'm just giving you the reality, folks. All right. Recruiters are going to want to speak with you as soon as possible. If they see the, the fit, they love your profile, they love your resume. You want to help move them onto that step as soon as possible. All right. So I know you uh, I'm not saying to, to put your phone number publicly on LinkedIn. That's not. I'm not saying that I wouldn't expect you to do that. But at the very least, you got to put on your maybe put a note on your profile that says, 
if you're interested in discussing uh you know further or you know if you're actively if you're openly looking for jobs you can openly put that on your profile you can say uh you know send me a direct message for contact information so we can uh, communicate now for those of you who are you know uh looking for new work while you're currently employed obviously you can't do that but my point is even if you're chatting with the computer uh, sorry with the with the recruiter through linkedin messaging uh, if they're interested in your profile, you want to give, you want to provide them with your phone number so you can, as soon as possible, get into that, get, you know, have an actual business conversation. Now on your resume, same thing. I advise you folks, you know, put your phone number there. You don't have to put your, your address, right? A lot of people, a lot of you folks are putting your full address details. I personally would not feel comfortable doing that. I don't want people to know my address. So I would say that it's not required to put your, your full address there, but but folks, uh, my suggestion: put in your your phone number and your email address. Now, I'm 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 not a fan of email, and I'll tell you why. It's because I've experienced many times where I've sent an email out and 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 the recipient does not even receive it. Right? It ends up in the spam folder, ends up in the junk mail, and unfortunately, what happens is you know like a month or two later, suddenly this person checks their their junk folder or spam folder, or maybe a few weeks later, and they're like. Oh, I'm so sorry. This ended up in my spam folder. You know, I'm definitely interested in chatting more. But guess what, folks? By then, I've already presented, uh, you know, the short list of candidates. So I don't want that to happen to you, folks, right? Especially if you're if you're actively looking, you're in a situation where you really need to, uh, you know, uh, bump up those interviews and get, get some conversations going. I highly advise you folks to put your phone number there because it's the quickest way for the recruiter to get in communication with you. All right. Uh, because it becomes so easy, right? So, so you, you, you got the right skills listed on your resume. You, you got their attention. You kept their attention because you got the relevant projects on your, on your resume. They've compared it to, you know, your LinkedIn profile, you know, it's consistent. It's congruent. Next thing they want to do is I want to get, I want to speak to this candidate. I want to speak to this individual as soon as possible. So if you want that to happen, highly recommend folks, you put your phone number there, make it as easy as possible for the recruiter to get in touch with you. Right? So my advice on your resume, please, please, please list your phone number so you're able to get in communication as soon as possible. Now, if you don't feel comfortable putting your phone number, I understand you probably have a good reason for that, then, then put your email address. But if you're going to do that, folks, make it a note every single day. Check your spam folder, check, check your junk mail folder, just in case you've received a, uh, an email of interest from hiring teams or recruiters that that happens to have ended up in the junk mail or the spam folder right because i don't want you folks losing out on opportunities out there simply because your email uh whatever application you use uh directed the email into your spam folder and your junk and, and your junk mail and you and you forgot to check it and you don't check it until like a month from now and then you're like you know pulling out your hair frustrated because because it was a great opportunity so make sure you do that folks so those are my four tips right as to what really you know what recruiters are looking for when they're conducting their search. And I know this might sound like some very, really simple, basic tips, but this is the essence of what's going to capture the attention of recruiters as they're, you know, reviewing, uh, uh, reviewing resumes as well as LinkedIn profiles, folks. These are some very, I know these are very broad things, but these are the major things that, that many recruiters are going to be looking for, right? So quick review of the tips, right? Number one is they're going to be looking for skill set fit. So your resume, your LinkedIn profile needs to be keyword rich. It has to be keyword rich with those specific skills and skill sets associated with your field and your profession. That's tip number one. Second thing they're going to be looking for is, hey, uh, details on relevant projects. Do you have relevant experience, right? You got their attention with the skills. Now you got to keep their attention by mentioning relevant, relevant experience. Uh, as impressive as all of your experience might be folks, if it's not relevant, it's not going to keep their attention. So you got to go for relevance, list out relevant projects, 
on your resume if you when you're applying to specific positions all right uh number three is you got to make sure that there's congruency between your your uh linkedin profile as well as your resume right there has to be consistency and relevance uh between the uh, not relevant sorry uh consistency and congruency between the two right what's the, the the dates the companies the titles listed on your resume should match what is reflected on your uh, linkedin profile congruency consistency extremely important folks don't remember don't forget this and number four make it as easy as possible for the recruiter to get in touch with you that's what the recruiter wants so many people you know they don't list their contact information properly on their on their resume uh and you know the ideal situation is you listing your phone number so recruiters can grab the phone and get in touch with you as soon as possible and you want to get yourself in front of the hiring team the hiring managers as soon as possible folks that should be your aim all right so look hope these four tips helps let me know your question the questions in the comments i'm going to get around to the question shortly and let me share the link for those of you who want to uh you know uh, you want to ask me your question live right so let me share that link if you want to be a live caller uh you can you can use the link and make sure your mic is activated folks uh so let me just quickly enter that in the comments and i'll share that link right now and you folks can can use that all right uh let me share with the other platforms as well uh or if, if you don't want to ask me your question live hey feel free to put in the comments folks i'm, I'm not going to ignore you folks in the comments uh but happy to interact with you live right so i shared the link in the comments for those of you who want to call in as a live caller so uh, you're most welcome to call in live you can disable your camera if your camera shy if you don't you don't want to show your face that's fine but make sure you got your your mic activated so you can ask your question live right so i i think we have a live caller here we have vd so i'm gonna add vd hey vd how's it going hi good morning dean uh how, how are you doing uh, how, how did you find out about like have you been following me for a while yes actually uh, I, i i have met you personally uh when i landed in canada and you were the first recruiter that i met oh fantastic fantastic so that must have been a few years back was it a few years back it's been like almost three years now oh wow wow okay okay so nice to be interacting with you again vidi so vidi uh, what's your question for me and how can i help you today so first of all thank you so much for your uh, tips and uh, i i've been following you from a while and i applying those tips so thank you for this session and my question is like uh, i think that calls from recruiters they share the job description and they take the rtr but mm. after that i don't get any replies from them like i do take follow ups but i i don't get any replies so i want to ask like where i should work more uh, on myself so that at least i clear that part and i go to the next process of at least getting an interview okay got it got it okay so vidi i'm i'm assuming these are probably maybe high volume uh, positions maybe with banking or government is that correct yeah okay all right all right so so now are you actually communicating with them over the phone or are you simply responding through email phone Okay good so you so basically they so reach out through phone and email both because first of all uh, they might contact me through a phone that this is his opportunity this is uh, and I'll be sharing the job description with you and right. after that they ask me for an RTR so to give a ba- uh, basic background uh, I am having a software testing background and I have 7 years of experience and I'm looking for so- software uh, quality assurance opportunities Okay, understood. So they reach out to you, then you get on a phone call with them. Now, on the phone call, are, are is it a lengthy discussion? Are they sharing more details about the role itself, or what is that conversation usually like? So uh, the uh, conversation is usually like you know uh, asking about whether I'm available in the market mm-hmm. and wh- what are my uh, what is my experience, and they will uh, share the job description uh, at my email ID, and they will ask about the RTR. 
Okay, got it. All right. Okay, so what I feel is what, what's happening here, VD, it's probably not to do with you or anything you're lacking. It's simply because a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, agencies working on these, uh, uh, you know, these high volume positions, it's for them, it's like a numbers game, right? So they're trying to uh, submit as many candidates as possible. So that's why it's a very quick conversation. They're probably not providing too much details about the project. Uh, they're probably, uh, you know, not providing details about the, you know, the recruitment process or the hiring process and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, so that's probably what's happening. So uh, it's not not necessarily anything to do with you. It's probably that they're just speaking to a high volume of candidates and okay. they're presenting them. And usually in these setups, there there's actually a, a another middle group that coordinates the relationship between the bank as well as the staffing agency. So a lot of times the agency does not have direct contact with the hiring manager or the hiring team. Okay. Uh, so their contact is actually the middle person uh, and usually there's a, there's a group in the middle that coordinates the communication between the hiring team and the agency. So they can't, so the, the, the recruiter actually can't even get much information in terms of updates or, or what's happening or what the feedback is. It's based purely on volume, right? So it's not, not necessarily anything to do with you. Uh, I'm not saying don't go with these positions, definitely keep doing it, but it is a very much a numbers game. Okay. Uh, and it's dependent on whether how much of a fit you are for these positions that that you know these these sectors are looking for. Uh, so my advice to you, VD, is you know continue having these conversations. You know just have a realistic outlook. Don't get disappointed if they don't get back. Again, it's simply a numbers game. They're just presenting as many candidates as possible. Uh, what I would advise you to do is don't depend on these opportunities as well, right? Because it's highly competitive, very much okay. numbers driven. Uh, so keep on the lookout for other opportunities out there that are outside of this sector and domain as well. But but don't give up on this sector as well. Okay, thank right? you so did, much. Did that answer your question? Yeah, for sure. All right, fantastic. Thanks so much for calling in, Vidi, and uh, have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so much. All right, folks, uh, great question there from Vidi, right? So if you want to call in live with your question, I shared the link in the comments. Feel free to uh, tune in live. I'm going to go over the, co the, the comments here. I think there are some other questions. Uh, so let's see here. So we got a, okay, so we got Gaurav. So shout out to Gaurav. Always good to have you here, Gaurav. Thanks so much for tuning in. So Gaurav says, hi, Dean, should we be mentioning dates from and to showing our work history? Yeah, Gaurav, very good point, right? And, and this is especially important, folks, when you're, uh, you want the the congruency between your LinkedIn profile and your resume. You got to make sure the dates are consistent. So yeah, Gaurav, I would highly recommend you put the month and the year uh, when you're listing your work experience. And I'll tell you why. Uh, if you only put the year, this is usually a, a kind of not a red flag, but a kind of a point of concern for recruiters because recruiters are thinking, hey, what is this person trying to hide? Like, why are they only putting the year? Because let's say, for example, Gaurav, you say that you worked at, uh, you know, XYZ company from 2019 to 2020 and you only put the year. So me as a recruiter, that could mean that. I mean, that could mean like, you know, January 2019 to uh, December 2020, or it could mean uh december 2019 to january 2020 in which case it's only two months you were there so it makes me think okay this person is putting only the year because they're trying to hide that the, the fact that you know something happened there or they were they were there for a very short time and maybe that's the case but in any case Gaurav, you should list the month and the year you should always list both uh because otherwise the recruiter is going to be like okay this person is trying to hide something all right so hope that helps Gaurav. great uh, great question there uh, so Shriya has a question. So Shriya says, another question. I worked a side business back in my hometown. Can that be added as a work experience? So Shriya, good question. So Shriya, this depends on the relevance of this experience, right? Was it something relevant to the to the kind of roles that you're looking for? Or was it like something, nothing to do with, uh, I think you're, you're in. 
sorry, excuse me. I think you're in project management, Shreya, if I remember right. So if it's not related to project management, and if it does not have a skill set that is transferable to project management, it might not be relevant for you, right? So this goes back to folks. Remember what I uh, one of the points I mentioned, relevance. Always mention, what was that? That was point number two. Point number two, remember? Remember point number two, uh, recruiters are looking for relevance, right? So if it's relevant experience, Shreya, absolutely feel free to do so. If it's not, might not, I mean, it's not really, it's not really going to do anything for you, right? So great question there. Hope that helps, uh, Shreya. Uh, Gaurav says also, is it fine to add volunteer experience on your resume? Yeah, absolutely, Gaurav. Always good to uh, put in volunteer experience, uh, especially if it's for like, you know, like a charity or, you know, some some organization you believe in. That's always good because uh, many hiring teams, hiring managers, they do, they, you know, that does interest them, right? In terms of how you give back to the community, that's something you want to convey. But also the other category is relevant volunteer experience, right? So if you have done some volunteer work where you're able to use your professional skills, and uh, contribute that on a vol voluntary basis, you absolutely, 100% folks, you should add that to your resume because it's relevant as well. All comes down to relevance as well, folks, all right? So good question there, uh, Gaurav. Hope that helps. Uh, we got uh, Elham in the house. Hey, Elham, good to see you here as usual. Hope you're doing great. Uh, we got Gurpreet in the house. Hey, Gurpreet, good to see you here. Fantastic. Hey, uh, we're, uh, Gurpreet and I, folks, are collaborating on a bootcamp program. Uh, so I'm probably going to go live on Gurpreet's uh, uh, LinkedIn maybe this afternoon or, or uh, probably we're going to do a live collaboration tomorrow and Friday as well to uh, share more details. But uh, we're, uh, you know, Gurpreet and I are collaborating on a boot camp uh, for IT professionals. So feel free to message myself or Gurpreet for more information about that. Uh, so let's see what are, what are the questions we have here. So Shail just says, what about freshers when you do not have any experience? All right, so this is a fantastic question, Shielder, right? So Shielder's like, hey, Dean, like, you know, so what's up if, if I'm a new graduate? Like, uh, how am I, what, what experience can I show? So Shielder, you got to leverage your academic projects, right? Those do count for something. If you're a new graduate, you're, you're new, to the, new to the field, new to the business, new to the career, you have to leverage your academic experience. So, you, uh, you know, when you were at school, you probably did some academic projects, you want to use that and leverage that as showing your ability to 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 do the work that you're you're applying for. Now the second thing, Shailja, is, and this this might depend depending on your on your field and your skills, folks. But you got to start building your own portfolio of work as soon as possible, right? As soon as I would say, while you're still in school, for those of you tuning in who are new grads, you got to make sure, folks, that while you're in school, you are building out your own portfolio of work. So aside from the academic projects. You're also building your own portfolio of work that demonstrates your knowledge and your your ability ability to apply uh, what you're learning in school. So so again, long story short, uh, Shelja, two things. Number one, leverage your academic projects. Number two, build out your own portfolio of work, which you can show and leverage as your ability to apply uh, what you have learned in school. All right. So great question there, Shelja. Hope that helps. So Suzeli, and, and forgive me if I uh, pronounce your name incorrectly, Suzeli, but I hope I got that right. Uh, Suzeli says, tip for public jobs uh, resumes. So Suzeli, I'm not sure what exactly you mean here. By public jobs, do you mean like public sector, like government? Uh, I'm not sure if that's what you mean, Suzeli. Now, uh, let's assume that's what that's what uh, Suzeli is talking about here, like public sector, like government jobs. Now, I can't speak on behalf of other countries, folks, but I have recruited on, on public sector government jobs uh, here in uh, here in Toronto and, and in Canada. For public jobs and public sector resumes, it's a kind of a different story, at least here, based on my experience. 
public sector, you got to be extremely detailed. Like you got to list out all of your resume. Like your resume should be as long as possible, basically, right? It's got to be like I mean, the, the, for the public sector, for government sector, they want as much detail as possible. So when you're applying for positions in the public sector, my suggestion: you got to review, folks. Listen to what I'm saying. This is very important because I have recruited on public sector positions. The job description, analyze it literally line by line, bullet by bullet, and you want to add in as much detail to your resume regarding each of those bullet points you do have experience with on your resume. And in the public sector, it's completely fine if your resume is like 15, 20, 30 pages. I've seen those kind of resumes for public sector and government sector uh, positions. So it's completely fine. So yeah, this I'm great. I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up, Suzeli. Because uh, the government sector, public sector is a kind of a different story. You want it, you want it to be as detailed as possible. Uh, but it comes down to you know two two things, folks. Right? You got to analyze the job description is in as much detail as possible. The job description or the RFP or whatever it is. And the second thing is you want to add as much detail, as much 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 detail about each and every uh, each and every one of those aspects listed on the job description. But also anything you've listed on your resume in as much detail as possible. Don't worry about the length. The, the public sector, apparently they love, you know, long resumes. I don't know how they do it, but hey, if, if they want to do it, hey, you, you know, knock yourself out, right? But but keep this in mind, folks. But uh, Suzeli, thanks for that great question there. Hope that helps. We got Purnima. Uh, Pur, uh, Purnima. So uh, uh, hopefully I, I pronounced that correctly. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, so Purnima says, what about freshers with no experience and why do they, why they don't, why do they don't respond? So I think I answered the first part of your question, Purnima, when I was responding to uh, Shriya's uh, inquiry in terms of what to do if you're a fresh new graduate. So that, you know, I've covered that part. Now the second part, why do, why do they don't respond? All right. So why they don't respond, uh, Purnima, is because they simply don't see the fit between uh, the roles that you're, the role that you're applying for and what you bring to the table. So first thing, Purnima, you got to make sure you are applying for entry-level positions for new graduates and fresh new graduates. Because if uh, folks, if you're a new graduate, you're applying for positions that require two, three, four years of experience, you're not going to get a response because they require someone who's, who has uh, an existing professional skill set, who has professional experience, who can come on board and get to working. So for those of you who are new graduates, you got to make sure you're applying for roles that are entry level or, or, or that are specifically for new graduates and those who don't have any experience, if at all, right? If, you, if you're applying for positions that do require experience, then you're not going to get that. I mean, you're not going to get a response. It's not going to get their attention because you're not going to be the ideal fit. So hope that helps Purnima. Great question. Uh, Gaurav says, thanks. Hey, no worries, Gaurav. Always good to have you here. Amil says, is there a type of resume template you recommend? All right. So Amil, this is a good question. All right. Now, folks, this I would suggest, uh, I mean, there's so many templates out there, uh, uh, you know, folks. Uh, it's a matter of going on Google and, and just make sure that you're Googling something local to your, you know, wherever you are. All right. So if you're in, uh, you know, for those of us in North America, Canada and the U.S., the format is pretty much the same. Now, for those of you in other countries, uh, you know, uh, Europe, India, China, uh, maybe Australia, I don't know, maybe the format might be different. So take the time folks to maybe Google, Google a template on, on LinkedIn to see what the template should be. But the content, uh, what I spoke about in terms of the content is consistent. You got to show relevance. You got to get, get their attention with skills and you got to get their attention with relevance of projects because what recruiters are going to be looking for is going to be the exact same, no matter where it is anywhere in the world, recruiters are going to be looking for skills. They're going to be searching for you based on skills. 
And then they're going to be looking for relevant experience. So those those two components remain consistent regardless of your location. The the structure and you know the the format, the design, the visual stuff. Like you got to look at what's in your your local country, city, or location in terms of how that should be done. Uh, we got Shreya. Shreya says a volunteer experience not from Canada works well for recruiters, or should it be from the current uh, residing country? Hey, uh, Shreya, if it's well, what I would focus on more, Shreya, is relevance. Is it relevant experience, right? If it's relevant, uh, I mean, it shouldn't matter what country it's from, right? Like if you, for example, if you if you volunteered at a at a nonprofit in uh, I don't know Indonesia, right? And and you and you used your professional skills. Let's say you're you're a developer, you right? You you helped this charity out in Indonesia when you, and maybe you were living in Indonesia. You help them out because, and you're a software developer. You you help them code some application to help them do their uh, their donations better or something. Yeah, that counts, folks. I mean, th- uh, those hard skills, those technical skills, they're the same whether it's in Indonesia, Micronesia, Polynesia, or wherever. I'm I'm like freestyling right now, but but you get my point, right? Like your ability to use your professional skills, whether you use it in a different country or whether it's in, in your current location. It's the same, right? It's the same how you're doing it. Maybe there might be some, you know, few few differences here and there, but for the most part, it's the same. So yeah, I would go for relevance, folks. Right? Go for relevance. That's what you should first be aiming for. Uh, we got Shailja says, uh, "Thank you, hey, no worries, Shailja. Uh, I hope that was helpful." Uh, Suzeli says, "Yes, okay." So you were talking about the, the government sector, Suzeli. All right, sounds good. And uh, Gabriela, good to have you here. Thanks so much for tuning in. All right, so Gabriela says, "Dean, I have heard that it is quite important to have Canadian experience." What if you have experience working for multinational companies remotely? Isn't it the same? You work with people abroad and pretty familiar with North North American culture. Thanks. Yeah. So, folks, uh, and Gabriela, great question here, and and always good to have you here. Thanks for tuning in, Gabriela. Look, this is a, a folks. She brought up a great point, right? This whole Canadian experience thing, and maybe for those of you in different countries, you might have a different situation. So the whole thing with Canadian experience, uh, first of all, it's uh, as far as Canada is concerned, it's not legal to discriminate against people simply because they don't have Canadian work experience. Now there might be some sectors, some specific fields that do require local Canadian knowledge, but other than that, it's 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 not legal, folks. All right, so if you're a hiring team, you're a company, and you're saying that to people, you're actually not allowed to say that unless. Uh, your field or your sector does require someone with Canadian local Canadian knowledge, uh, for whatever reason, right? But that being said, Gabriella, right? Like your experience, like yeah, you worked at multinational organizations, you've multi- worked at multinational firms, you've interact with uh, interacted with North American teams. So, th- I mean, that experience does absolutely it does count, folks, right? Uh, if if you're a software developer, right? If you if you've been coding in Japan. Right, uh, I mean, Java in Japan is no different than Java over here in Canada or, or America or the U.S. or North America or Europe. Like, there's no uh, there's no difference, pretty much, right? So this whole Canadian experience thing, or yeah, you need this, uh, you know, local experience, uh, it never makes sense to me. This does that does not make sense to me. So what I would advise you, uh, folks, right, for yourself, Gabriella, as well as anyone else, is you gotta uh, like don't let the like the the first thing you gotta get over is this mental blockage or barrier you're gonna face. Uh, if you go in with this with this belief that yeah you know I, I don't have Canadian experience, that's gonna affect your confidence, and if it affects your confidence, you're gonna not gonna be able to convey yourself as someone who's competent and knows what they want to do and knows what they're doing and and can operate in, in 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 you know whatever role you're applying for, right? And 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 you know that that in itself is gonna be a huge issue. So first of all, you gotta understand, folks, 
the Canadian experience thing, unless it's for, you know, those fields that do require local Canadian knowledge of, you know, local Canadian Canadian laws or procedures or something like that. Outside of that, it, it makes zero sense for companies to say that they're not going to consider someone because they don't have Canadian experience. And the only thing, the only issue here is, uh, you know, you don't have that, 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 you know, you don't have an existing uh, track record or successes locally here in, in, in Canada or, or the US or wherever you are. So you got to focus on simply the fact that you do have that experience and you do bring experience to the table and it's been at multinational corporations. Uh, you've, you've interacted with North American teams. That's what you got to focus on, folks. That's what you got to uh, bring in as your leverage. Uh, don't, don't focus on the fact that you don't, you've never worked in Canada before. Right. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You have the experience and that experience is the same and it's consistent, whether it is over here in Canada or, or somewhere else in the world. So hope that helps, Gabriela. Get great question there. And uh, look, folks, uh, you might come across companies or, or agencies and stuff like that that, that that talk about this whole Canadian experience thing. Don't let it get to you. Don't let it get to you. Don't let it demotivate you. You focus on your skill set, your knowledge, your value, your expertise, which you bring to the table, because all that experience you had in your previous country, it's not gone to waste. It counts for something. It, in fact, it counts for a lot. So you need to make sure that you're you're demonstrating all that value and all that knowledge that you bring to the table and how you can bring that to these employers over here. Right. So so make sure you, you you're aware of this, folks. Uh, so Prasad says uh, Prasad says what jobs prospects for 14 years IT professionals from India to apply Canada? Yeah, Prasad, look, I'm going to give I'm going to keep it real with you, Prasad. Right. And and this goes for those of you who are outside of the country right now. It's a very tough sell for, for employers to consider someone who's overseas in a different country. And I'll tell you why. There's just so many, so much available talent here, Prasad, that it uh, is very difficult for organizations here to justify considering people that are, that are not even in the country, that are in a totally different location, right? So uh, my advice to you, Prasad, if you're looking to move to Canada, start building your network right now. Start building, connecting with people. And building relationships right now and, and of course on the other side of things you got to look into the immigration process so you know do your due diligence with that stuff and start building your network before you arrive here that way when you do arrive here Prasad you're in a much stronger position to uh, you know leverage that network and then get yourself in front of the right opportunities all right so hope that helps Prasad great question Samir says how to hunt a job for freshers having no experience so Samir I actually already answered this question before so maybe she just tuned in after the session is finished, just just maybe watch the replay. And uh, I actually already responded to this question from someone already. All right. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, we got a live uh, caller here. We got Krunal in the house. Hey, Krunal, how's it going? How are you doing? Hello, Dean. What's up? I'm uh, doing good. Good, good. Fantastic. Fantastic, Krunal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have you been uh, following me for a while? Yes, yes. I'm following like uh, from last few months. Probably oh, awesome. Awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. Great to have you here. Yeah, then uh, I, I've seen you tune in for a couple of my live streams, I believe. So uh, good to see a familiar name there. And thanks so much for tuning in. But what can I do for you, Kunal? Uh, what question do you have for me? Yes, yes. As you mentioned uh, in last time, uh, I have mentioned about the my, uh, my interest uh, working in Canada. And you said that uh, I should start building my network, as you yeah. mentioned for the previous uh, question as well so uh, that is one thing but uh, the second thing you told me is to look uh, for the migration process which uh, I tried to search a bit and right. what I understand is uh, so uh, uh, there is a lot of money required uh -huh. that needs to be invested uh, to come to Canada 
and uh, uh, i i don't want to go into the depth of uh, the process that requires to come to canada but right. yeah somehow somehow uh, we couldn't we cannot get the loan for that uh, purpose i i don't know I, let's let's do not uh, compare that with the process but yeah so sure. th- that is the thing so uh, my my question is how do i start like because uh, i i believe that uh, uh, canada us uh, is is the culture that i want to work with because right now i am also working uh, with the us based companies and i love the way they work so i want to i, I want to uh, learn lot more with the culture that they have and i think that suits suits me more than uh, the way uh, here in my country works okay understood understood krunal okay okay now now krunal uh, now i i can't really advise you on the immigration aspect of things because that's not my expertise but my advice to you based on your situation is uh start with where you're at right so you mentioned you're currently dealing with some some clients in your in your current employer uh who are in North America so my advice to you is hey uh, let your manager know that you want more of those types of opportunities where you get to interact with North American teams you get to you know build those relationships as well and this will help you contribute to again building that network right and also what happens yeah. is that you, as you deal with more of these North American projects at your current company uh this might give you the opportunity to even transfer right you never know So see you know speak with your manager yeah. your current manager your current supervisor and discuss and let him know hey look I'm really enjoying interacting with these you know North American projects uh, how can I get into more of these types of projects so I can you know expand my understanding of these and get more involved in these types of opportunities so that's the first thing Kunal so so you know uh leverage your current situation right so I know the 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 money situation for immigrating might not be ideal but on the positive side let's focus on the positive right so focus on where you're currently at your current employer obviously you have the opportunity to interact with north american clients so uh expand on that look for more opportunities to do that right and the second thing is continue building out your your local network here right whether it's in canada or in the us see how you can get involved in you know maybe some virtual conferences virtual networking groups where you're able to interact and build those relationships now when you're attending those events don't go in guns blazing and saying hey i need a job you know can you refer me can you sponsor me don't do it like that build a relationship yeah. based on yeah build a relationship based on your expertise and your knowledge right whatever your field is that's how you should connect with people and build the relationships over here and you never know that might lead into you know further conversations about career opportunities and you know all of that stuff but it's a win win for you either way because ultimately when you land here you will have a strong strong network of of contacts yeah uh sorry din uh, i have one more question uh i'll yeah, sure, sure. but uh, yeah so the another alternative to uh, to canada or any other country uh, maybe U- us or uk is a uh, second alternative is to go for studies and w- uh-huh. what i understood from, uh, in that is uh, like i have two options wherein uh, i can opt for a one year course where i'll get uh, one year of uh, work permit and uh, right. there is another option of uh, two years of course so like not two years of course but uh, two courses of one year rather right so that would give me permit for three years so i am not really sure that, that uh, whether i'll be so if i opt for one year then i'll get one year of uh, work permit and which my risk uh, which might uh, like i i might be taking this uh, coming to that i don't and right, uh, right. opportunity in, yeah right so, so what so, should be so, yours yeah so yeah yeah so krunal so firstly you know in re- I, i'm not 
I'm not very, uh, you know, well, well informed about, you know, how that would work. So you should have that discussion probably with like a, an immigration consultant. Like I know someone I can recommend. Uh, so feel free to send me a direct message. I, I, you know, I know someone who was actually a previous guest on my show uh, who I can refer. Maybe he, he should be able to answer that question for you. But yeah, that might be another another option as well, right? You come here on on as a student, and maybe that might make it uh, simpler. So uh, again, I don't, I'm not very familiar with the process. So just send me a direct message. I'll I'll, I'll introduce you to uh, you know my previous guest, and maybe he might be able to help you with that further. Oh, that's that's really helpful. That's really awesome. Thank you, and yeah, I no love your. <laughs> Ah, thank you. Thank you so much, Kunal. And thanks so much for your question. Hope that helps and have a fantastic day. All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That all right. Awesome question there from Kunal. All right. So let me let me take a couple of more questions. And uh, okay. So Suzeli says, thank you so much. Hey, no worries, Suzeli. Gabriela says, yes, helps. No worries, uh, Gabriela. Uh, Purnima says, short and crispy single page resume or lengthy resume. Which one is the best? Uh, neither, Purnima. You need to aim for relevance, right? Relevance and value. Uh, and, and if you can communicate your, your, your relevant projects and relevant experience and communicate your value in one page, hey, that's great. But if you need a couple of pages to do it, that's great as well. All right. So I would focus on relevance and value. That's what you need to focus on. Uh, no worries, uh, Purnima. And then Gaurav says, uh, get at least three years work permit to make your PR process smooth. All right. So that's some advice for Kunal uh from gorov so thanks for sharing that uh, uh gorov all right folks looks like that's it for questions so hope everyone found this session uh helpful for those of you attending the to tech career fair i'll see you this afternoon if you're attending my session uh so and and for those of you tuning in for the first time thanks so much for tuning in mark your calendars folks every wednesday 11 a.m eastern time zone i go live right here uh to to speak about various job search topics and answer your questions live I encourage all of you to call in live. I love interacting with all of you folks that are tuning in, uh, but also happy to interact with those of you who are putting in your questions in the comments as well, all right? So everyone have a fantastic week. And uh, hey, keep pushing through in your job search, folks. I'm here to help you. Uh, keep following me. And I'm going to be, I'm putting out constant job search related content and topics on uh, on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and on uh, Periscope as well, which is, which is uh, from what I understand, going to be uh, retired soon and it's going to be on Twitter. All right. So anyway, everyone take care. Have a fantastic week, everyone.